Hello and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast, where we exist to connect the story of God with the story of man and see all of our lives in light of God and His story. This episode is part of our book review sub-series, where we dive into the literary world and analyze books that help shape our faith and spiritual growth. My name's Raven, and I'm joined here by Andrew, and today we are discussing How to Mark a Book by Mortimer Adler. This is actually an excerpt from the book How to Read a Book by Adler when he published it in 1940. Yeah, so this this podcast is a little bit different because we usually try to hit a book, but this one we're doing something different in that we're doing an excerpt from a book specifically about how to read and think about books. So give us a little bit of why are we doing this? It's a little bit different than normal. Why are we doing this podcast? Yeah. I think it's really important to be able to read and truly understand what we're reading. And so in this excerpt, I found it super, super helpful because I think for many of us, it's really easy to have what Adler talks about as a false reverence for the paper and the binding rather than actually interacting with the genius of the author. And so This is something that has shaped the way that I read, the way that I understand, and the way that I process what I'm reading. And I think it's just helpful for you, the listener, and for others just to know that there is a certain way that you can read a book that leads to better understanding in the long run. And he specifically is talking about marking a book, Mm -hmm. right? So what does he mean by that? So the book is called How to Read a Book, but this little excerpt or part of it is how to mark a book. What does he mean by that exactly? Yeah. So when he's talking about how to mark a book, he's talking about how to write in the book and how to best interact with the book in order to lead to better understanding. So he talks about you can own a book like you own articles of clothing or like you buy a steak from the grocery store, but truly to have the book become part of you and own it, you need to absorb it. So just like that steak that you bought at the store, that's not part of you until you eat it. With a book, it doesn't become part of you with your thoughts, ideas, interactions, emotions until you start to write those down on the page. So, so he's saying you can't actually own a book in like the deepest sense until you've marked in it, written in it and, and stuff. Why, I guess, why is that important? Like, why do you have to own a book in that type of way that he describes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's super interesting because a lot of people have that same reaction and they go, why would I actually need to do that? But what he says is when you leave the book, then you're basically leaving a part of yourself or a part of the conversation with the author. So as you're writing in the margins, as you're saying, oh, wow, this is cool or this is different, you're actually interacting with the author, but also you're having a conversation that you can come back to and revisit later. But it also just leads to deeper understanding. He said, if you're just sitting there kind of relaxed, skimming through a book, you're not really going to have deep understanding where it sits with you where you can think on it and interact with it in a deeper way. So I can't understand a book unless I mark a book. Well, okay, not exactly. So in the article, he talks about how if you are just reading something like fiction, you can read and have kind of a glossed over approach where you're just reading it for fun. You're reading it for the general idea. But he says, if you truly want to dive in to understand it and ask critical questions to help you truly learn and absorb the information it's best to underline, circle, highlight, and interact with the book in that way. So his whole point is to try and get, so for for somebody listening to this, the goal of this whole thing is to try and get people to understand, comprehend, and like wrestle with the things of the book in greater ways than just skimming over it, right? Mm -hmm, Exactly. Okay, so what about 
if I I am a fairly I like things kind of like neat, clean, tidy. And what if I'm listening to this and that like kind of freaks me out a little bit to have a book that's all marked up, written in or whatever. Or you mentioned the idea of like having a reverence for the actual like pages or the mm-hmm. like book itself. Uh, what would you say to somebody like that? Who that just that makes them uncomfortable to think about. I'm going to scribble in it. I'm going to highlight it. I'm going to write in different ink colors and all of this. And it's going to look messy and crazy. How do I get over that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually had this conversation with my friends because he said, I don't actually need to do this one because I don't like how messy it looks, but two, I understand fine without it. So I don't really need it. And then after he read this article, he said, okay, I'm going to start writing my books now and try it out. And you convinced him. I, yeah. I was, or Mortimer well, did, I guess. Exactly. Adler definitely convinced him because I myself didn't give enough, apparently, credibility to it. And so he's like, I'll just read this article. And now he writes in his books. But what does he think? He said that it was interesting. And at one point, he kind of just got tired of it. And he goes, it's just so much slower. And so he kind of sped up and skipped some parts. But he goes, no, for the parts that I really wanted to understand... I underlined them, I highlighted it, and I really interacted and thought about it longer than I would have normally. And he said it did help him understand more of the depth of the book and also just little nuances that he would have missed otherwise. Um, I don't actually remember your original question, though. (laughs) You probably answered it, though, I'm sure. Uh, So, okay, that's the, like, understanding part. You also briefly mentioned interacting with the author, which Mm -hmm. I think for me has been like a newer concept in the last couple of years. And and my guess is that people, some people listening to this maybe haven't thought about when you're reading a book, you're not just reading um, words on a page that are like just, just words. They're actually like an author's thoughts, Mm -hmm. uh, stories, arguments, uh, whatever that may be, or whatever the type of book you're reading. Can you talk a little bit more about why is it important to, when you're reading a book to view it as interacting with, an actual author and a person and not just a bunch of words or just an argument. Mm -hmm. I think it makes it more one of a conversation, but two of something more personal and you can connect it to your life experiences. And in psychology class, we would always talk about when you can connect just different understandings or learnings to your life experiences, you can better remember them and fully understand them. So if someone tells me a story about some lofty theological concept That's awesome, but it's not really going to stick or resonate with me quite as much as if I'm underlining and highlighting and I'm saying, and I'm drawing little arrows going, oh, this reminds me of that one time when this and this happened, or, oh, this is a different example that I can make sense of this idea better. So I think that it truly does allow you to not only interact with your own thoughts, but also the author's thoughts. So as you're writing or as you're marking and underlining you're understanding something at a deeper level in the way that the author, I would say, truly intended. Because I think authors do want people to dive into the book, to have it become part of them, because then people remember the book better and it has a deeper impact than just skimming the pages. So is the is the main purpose of, of that, trying to interact with the author, still that'll help you comprehend more? Like, is that the main goal of even that? Or is there something to just a... I, I, maybe friendship is too loose of a word, but to almost create like a relationship with this author, is there something in that itself? Or is it mostly just the more you do that or see these words as from a real person, a conversation, it'll just help you understand more. Mm -hmm. Well, I think when I first read this article, the biggest thing for me was the friendship piece, but it was more in respect to my Bible. 
So when I'm marking my Bible, at first I never did because I had this false reverence for the pages in the paper. And I thought, if I mark my Bible, that's going to be sacrilegious. I'm going to do something terrible and I'll have some repercussion. But as I've started to mark in it, not only does it feel like, yes, it's for me, but I also feel like I'm interacting with the thoughts and understanding that God's giving me too. And it does make him feel more approachable and more of a relationship than I think it was before. So I think that's a good question. I don't think it's just for yourself, but I also think it's helpful for, yeah, just to understand the author in a deeper way. When you read this article, do you feel like it changed your perspective of friendship with the author or more it changed your perspective of how you interact with the book for understanding? Um, this article specifically was probably more for the understanding is what happened in my brain. But it does, it did make me think or maybe gave me some like words or ideas about the, the idea of friendship with an author. So I've heard people talk about this before and it sounds strange. I don't know if anybody listening to this, I don't know if you've heard people say like they've created like a friendship with, I, I've heard people talk about this in, in terms of like old theologians or people that mm-hmm. will read that wrote all these like great works and stuff. And if you just read one after another, it is as if you're like having a conversation with this person, maybe that was, um, you know, alive hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago or whatever. And you're just like interacting with them and actually creating this like back and forth. And I, to be honest, I thought that was really strange. Like I just have never thought Mm -hmm. about, um, like a, um, a book from years ago, I've never thought about like actually creating a relationship of sorts with that author. Um, I also don't really have, I don't, do you have like a, like a favorite author? Like people have like favorite authors, which I think is probably somewhat like that. Like you Mm. just, you like engaging with this person's style, how they think, how they tell stories, whatever, you know, the style is that they're writing. And I do think that's actually important because we're relational beings and Mm. we like to have like, real relationships and conversations and that's how we learn and grow. And so I think when we think of books, it is really helpful or important to think like you could create some level of relationship. It's obviously different, but some level of relationship with this person or their thoughts or their storytelling abilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I'm even thinking about how we're reading through deep work by Cal Newport. I love the way that podcast to come. Yes. (laughs) I love the way that he writes just the way that he forms any type of sentence or words. It's kind of, he does it in a scholarly way, but then he backs it up with practical application. So you know exactly what he's saying. So even though he's using these words that we don't use in our daily vocabulary, you understand them because he kind of backs it up or shows you an example of it later. But just even the way that he sets everything up, it makes me feel like I almost know him as I'm interacting and going, oh, that's hilarious or LOL, look at that joke kind of thing. And I'm writing it in the margin, but I feel like I just know him in a deeper sense. And when you're writing, are you talking to yourself or are you talking to the author? So like Mm. you're reading a paragraph and you write a question. Are you mostly or usually talking to yourself and having like an internal conversation or is it like a back and forth? Like he says something, you say, well, what about this or whatever? And then you keep reading to see if he answers it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do it more with the author. So I'll ask questions and say, well, you said this, but why this? What? Do people think that's weird to like write that? Or did, did that feel weird to you? Mm -mm. It never felt weird to me. And I think it's because one, I read this and I had already been marking in my books, underlying, underlining, highlighting. And so it wasn't that weird. And there are things 
there was one author that I was reading and he just sounded so pompous and arrogant. And so I would write in the margins. You told him that? Well, you know, he won't ever know. But it actually made me understand him more by the end of the book. And he wasn't as pompous and arrogant as I thought. But in the beginning, I went, why are you having your assistant do all your work? Because he's talking about how he had everyone else do this research for him. And I wrote in the margin, wow, you should have done this yourself. Why would you just have other people do it for you? And then later he starts talking about how he joined in on the research and did it as well. And I went, okay, great job. Like, I'm just talking to him. But it gave me a better understanding. And I can actually remember what I read because I was interacting with it. Whereas normally I don't think I would have remembered that feeling that I had or that reaction. So is there something in, in not the understanding and comprehension side, but just the um, like relationship piece with the author? Is there something that people are missing if they mm. don't do that? Like what's the main thing they're missing if they don't engage in some sort of back and forth or relationship with the author specifically? Yeah. I think you're really missing the relational component that you mentioned earlier, which I think leads to deeper, greater understanding. There's a reason why pastors like you and Jared will give examples, daily examples for things that we're reading about in scripture to help us wrap our minds around it and kind of have this anecdotal understanding of what we're learning. And I think you said too, though, that sometimes those stories can detract or take away from the actual message and people can just remember the story. But I think if you can connect a personal experience with the thoughts and understanding of the author and marry those together, you'll have a better chance of remembering for a longer time what you've read. That's good. Um, so, so we're talking about forming this relationship, which may be a mm-hmm. new idea, deepening understanding, which I think if, if anybody's reading a book, especially not for school, but just for fun, like you're wanting to like get more understanding. So those are two benefits yep. here. Before we get to maybe some practical things, uh, I do want to take a quick detour. You mentioned the, the Bible illustration. So mm-hmm. we're talking about, or he's talking about just books in general. Talk a little bit more about what does this look like for Christians interacting with their Bible? Because I think there's probably a couple ditches we can fall into. One being the like high reverence, like you mentioned, just this, we, you know, that it has to be in pristine condition and kind of this reverence more for the paper and ink than mm-hmm. for like God and his word specifically. Um, so there's that side. The other side is probably just too careless of a like, this is just like any other book or it doesn't really matter or whatever. And we kind of lessen the fact that, okay, this is God's word to us. So what does it actually look like in this uh, conversation of marking a book and interacting with a book? What would you recommend to people and how they specifically treat their Bible reading? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I've wrestled with this a bit because when I started, I would mark in normal other books, but with my Bible, I never would. And so when I read this, I realized and God revealed to me that I don't need to have this false reverence for the paper. And so I just started with underlining and highlighting. And I thought, okay, this is different. This is weird. I also don't want it to bleed through, but it will be fine. And I tried not to make it perfect, but just underline and highlight things that really stood out and resonated with me. And then slowly I started graduating basically to writing in the margins. So if I heard something on a Sunday morning that really stood out, that was a novel idea or something completely different than I normally thought of, I'd mark in the margin what that was, or I would summarize what I had read a little bit. And so now when I go back, I can read it and look at that. But what I would say would be almost disrespectful, and I think that's harder for me, is when I see people tear pages out of their Bible, or they use it for art sometimes. Just because they don't like the words of it? Or why are people tearing their Bibles (laughs) apart? people have great, great 
reasoning sometimes because they're going, oh, I just really want to make this really cool macrame or this art, I don't know, expression of art. And for me, that's a little bit different. It just feels like you're almost destroying property of something. But I think as long as you're not mutilating it with poor intentions, and maybe they're not, so that's fine. But I think if I saw someone just throw their Bible or toss it, it's not the fact that you're, you know, like that this is a sacred text and something terrible is going to happen. It's more the fact that it is sacred and it is God's word. And so if we're just throwing it around or playing catch with it like football, then that's really communicating to others the value you have for it. So I think for me, when it comes to writing in books, I think that's totally okay. But when I think of throwing a Bible or tossing it somewhere or just doing things like that, it's more of a disrespect that you're communicating to others. So I really think it's the heart intention behind it. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Let's uh, maybe move toward the end here. He gives in his article uh, a handful of like marking devices, he calls them, or different things. So uh, this is for somebody who's listening to this. They've never done this before. Maybe we've convinced them it's not super strange. Uh, It's going to take a little bit of work. And he highlights that in the article that this isn't like, one of the questions I had as I was reading through this is just this like almost like guilt feeling of like, am I just being lazy if I don't Mm -hmm. do this? Because he presses like this is, it takes time. It takes work. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of talked about why we should be doing this. Give just a couple practical, like starting things for people. If they've never marked up a book before, what are a few things that they should start with? Yeah, I would say the big ones would be underlining and highlighting. I think those are really big and it just allows you to say, okay, this stood out to me. I really enjoyed it. When I flip back through, it will be the first thing that I see. And then the other thing would be And that's just highlighting key phrases or things that really resonated. The other thing I would say would be writing in the margin. So as you start to get used to it, start writing in the margin. The reactions of, wow, I can't believe that happened. Or something else like, oh, I learned this. Or this reminds me of this one time when this happened. And then the last one I think is really good for people to take it a step further and write numbers in the margin within the text. So if there are other pages that connect to that idea, you could write that page number on the side. So even in your Bible too, there are times where I'll write, oh, this reminds me of Deuteronomy 30 and I'll just write that in the margin. And so it's kind of like a little index that you have and you can reference it later. Those are some things that I would say for people to start with. That's awesome. That is super helpful, I think. And for anybody listening who wants help, go to Raven. It takes her like a year to read a book because she does all this. And so I will say, so going along with that, it does take me forever to read books, but it's because I'm truly digesting them. But the problem is it takes me years. So Andrew, as you were reading this, I know you said, am I lazy if I'm not marking a book? When do you think this is helpful? And when do you think this model isn't helpful? Yeah, he is. So there's a, a line he says at the end of this, which I highlighted and put a little star by some of his recommendations. Uh, (laughs) So I could easily find this as I'm trying to find it right now. Um, But he said, uh, the sign of intelligence in reading is the ability to read different things differently according Mm -hmm. to their worth. So the sign of intelligence in reading is the ability to read different things differently according to their worth. And and I thought that was so helpful because he talked about like speed reading or trying to just get through a ton of books as quick as you can, or the other thing of probably like, yeah, taking far too long on every single book that you mm-hmm. read. And so I really liked his little nuance there of know the worth of the book that you're reading and then give it its appropriate amount of time. And so I, I'm assuming that this just takes a little bit of time to be able to discern that. Or honestly, 
if you're reading a book, just like if it got recommended to you, just ask somebody that you trust. If they've recommended mm-hmm. like, hey, this is, you know, a great book for you to read as you read it, just I would even ask like, okay, is this something I need to take like a lot of time with? Is this right. something just skim and get the big idea? If it's a, he talks about like fiction work, like just enjoy it. Like mm-hmm. You don't have to write in it all the time, but just enjoy the story. So there's yeah. different things. I think the Bible is another example of something that, um, that there's different ways to read it. Um, so this year in our Bible reading plan, we're doing big chunks because we want to get the whole story in a broad picture. But it's also, I think, very appropriate sometimes to sit in a couple verses and mm-hmm. just sit on it, ask questions, meditate. And so I don't think there's like a clear cut, like each book deserves this. But I think that is the part of discerning of not every book's going to take the same amount of time or should take the same amount of time. And so that might be a little bit to your interest level. I would also, yeah, just get recommendations from people on what they would recommend. Uh, and how long to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really good. Definitely comes down to purpose. And for those who are still a little bit worried about actually physically writing in your book, you can write on a sticky note and stick that sticky note in your book. Good first step. Yes. So there are lots of different ways, but if you're interested in reading this article, you can look it up just online and you can find the free PDF for it. We'll also talk about it in the description below. Thank you again for joining us today as we discussed the excerpt, how to mark a book from the book, how to read a book. (laughs) The goal of the Christian Formation Podcast is to connect the story of God with the story of man and see all of our lives in light of God and his story. So if you want to find out more about us, you can check us out at ProvidenceOmaha.org. And if you have any questions, thoughts, or future podcast topics, please email us at formation at ProvidenceOmaha.org. Thanks again, and we will see you next week. Thank you.